What's up everybody, this is Maurice with Post Twink, um, and we're back with another one. Um, we've got a couple of guests today, so I'll let them introduce themselves. And hello and hey there, it's Moises. Super excited to be back. Um, who's here? Hey, I'm Matt, and uh, I'm here. Yes! <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Reed. Back again! So first and foremost, before we get into the topic, I want to just celebrate the fact that we've officially launched the podcast, and so I'd like us all to cheers. And if, you're and if you're listening, thank you for listening. If you're not, I hope you do at some point. Maybe. I don't know. Um, today, our theme, or I guess our jumping off point, is uh, gay and professional as fuck. Um, gay and queer men uh, negotiating the workplace. Um, so that's kind of where we're jumping <laughs> off from. Um, I guess my first question is, I don't know, like, uh, are you out, are you out at work? Are you guys out at work? I'm not. Ooh, with the big one right away. Hey, should I start softer? Like, no, I think favorite, it's favorite color or what? It's great. It's good. I'm not working, <laughs> but I have worked a lot in the past. Yeah, give me about half a year. You have to leave the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be employed. <laughs> oh no. Um, well, you're professional though. Right, I am professional. As a young professional, but also, I think this also applies to this also applies to previous positions and. Because I've been out in yeah. different ways, I think, at different places. I think it's, um, so I was talking to a friend of mine, we were talking about this other person we know, um, and she was like, oh, he's at this different job now, he works for, um, you know, kind of like a federal job, whatever, so he's not, so he like went in the closet, so he's like not out anymore. Um, and I think it has to do with the culture where he is, and you know, he works for the, for the justice system, and, um, it's like, you know, so we kind of like closeted or whatever. I don't know, closet or not out or less out. I don't know the story. And so we were talking about that for a minute. Um, and it made me, uh, I don't think of, the, think of the politics of being out. And I guess for me, I, maybe it's privilege, I don't know. But I have never had to consider out versus not out at work. Um, and so I know that I speak from that maybe mm probably a minority or a little bit of vacuum there. I mean, when I was a teenager, I worked in, you know, like a restaurant. Um, I was a little high school boy who was like the busser and the server, and so it was like whatever. Um, in college, I worked for a performing arts school as an arts in residence in Para, Para the arts in residence. And then, you know, I worked for a curator, and she was like a very out, you know, bisexual woman, and we, it was the arts, so it was like, <laughs> there's just gay all over the place, and there's nobody cares, right? Um, and I work in public health now, and public health is filled with a lot of gays. So, I don't know that I've ever had to, to worry about it, but I don't know. I think I'm open-minded to, because I think the friend, she was like, I don't know, distraught or had a lot of feelings for the, the, the friend who is now like kind of closeted or whatever and I was like I guess I respect it mostly because I don't know anything about it and I'm sure it can be hard um, in my line of work like you know I guess like I always end up having to speak up for you know like the LGBTQ community or doing a lot of advocacy for or because we were kind of like a central uh, well, okay, you guys clearly know what I do. I work in HIV. <laughs> um, and so we're kind of like the central target. And so, like, um, there's, a lot, there's, a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot, I mean, at the same time, not, not enough. <laughs> mm -hmm. At the same time, not enough. There's a lot of gays in there, so I've never had to, 
it's always been an asset for me to speak and advocate for the LGBTQ community in my line of work. And so, I don't know, I'm open. The friend, like, I don't know anything about it. I'm not mad at him for, like, I don't know, I get it. It doesn't, it, it doesn't offend me that he has chosen to be out or he feels like he needs to be closeted or mysterious in terms of those pieces. I just think it's fascinating how people, I've, I've been on dates with people and everything's going well and then all of a sudden they're like, well, I'm not out at work or we somehow get on work and they're, they're out in all other parts of their life except for work. And it's, that's been a struggle for me because then it brings up this conversation of how they decide to be in or out at work. Mm. And mm. I get really challenged by like their, what they think, what they perceive to be, um, why they need to be in or why they can't be out at work. And I often am just like, well, you're out in the rest of your life and like, this is where you spend 40 hours of your week. Don't you think it's important to be yourself at work? Um, and they're, usually their arguments are just like, well, that's none of their business, or, you know, my work is more important, or not being out is more important, or my work is more important than being out, and it's not that big of a deal for me to like conceal my gayness or whatever it is, my identity. I guess maybe I can respect or have sympathy for it, or maybe have a big uh, space of, I don't know, sympathy for it is because I don't know, at work, I don't, there's a lot of things in my life I don't talk about, I don't want to bring up, I don't want people to know about me. Um, it's not work. everyone's business. Yes, that's not their business. <laughs> that, that, that is not what I'm here for. <laughs> that is not what we're talking about, supervision or what, you know, my effort is. Um, I mean, like me, like, I practice a very different um, religion. You know what I mean? Like, I don't come from a Judeo-Christian background. I don't celebrate those holidays. I don't, it's, you know, whatever. And so, um... That's not something I'm willing to talk about at work because can... I understand like people don't don't know. I mean, that's the whole thing. People don't know about my culture, my belief, and my values and all that. So I just try to like you because I'm like you know, you're not equipped to have a conversation yeah. about it. But so I guess maybe from that piece, like I kind of like don't. Well, and I guess for me, like because I definitely think there is space for folks not to be out in the workplace. Absolutely, I think there's lots of reasons for why people do that, but. And I, I, th I find it, I've, I would find it to be very difficult because it's bound to come up, or at least in my workplace, it oh, sort yeah. of like casually comes up, or there's at least assumptions of, um, and even talking to some of my more like masculine, butch, quote unquote, the BS term, like straight acting, um, friends who like, people just assume that they are like dating women and all these, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, how do you feel those types of questions? Because I don't get those kinds of questions based on, well, <laughs> Me. Um, but um, because it comes up and I'm like, how do you even navigate that sort of thing? Cause it, because in some degree, right, it, it's absolutely not people's business, but it's also like regular workplace small talk. Right. Um, and if you're not willing to sort of like share a little bit of something about your life, people are just, you know, it, it can make the workplace a difficult place to be. But, right. also, but also part of work and the professional thing is not, you know, like being grown and being professional is not about just doing your job well. It has, like, what, maybe 40% to do with it? Oh, yeah. The other part of it is getting along with everybody, being in the club, being in the clubs, hanging out with them, being likable, being relatable. Mm -hmm. And so all those social pieces about sharing your life, they are, it's, I don't know, I think it's, like, what's a part of your job? Right. Like, one of my, <laughs> I had supervision recently, maybe my, my review last year, mm -hmm. and one of my comments from, because our coworkers kind of, like, you know, you get, rated by like three coworkers and that's part of your review or whatever. And one or two of the comments were, um, I wish he would, uh, you know, like, um, integrate himself more into like the team or share more or try to find ways to get along mm -hmm. better or just like, if the read wasn't like, I wasn't like, 
not, well, it wasn't I wasn't playing well, but I wasn't like social with everybody. Mm. Um, and I told my boss, I was like, look at me and look at these folks who work here. It's not going to happen, Mara. Like, I'm not, you know, I don't do poverty. I love, I love Crate and Barrel. I just can't afford the things that I want there. Oh, I know, well, right? I'm unwilling to buy the things. Let me say that there. Right. Um, <laughs> but it's like my, you know, I'm not talking about, like, going hiking on the weekends. I'm not talking about, like, me and my boyfriend, like, or, like, me and my, you know, like, girlfriend or fiance went and, like, I don't know, bought a house. Or it just is not. So all those things are, like, a big part of the, like, team piece and how much people like you. And so that sharing, socializing piece is a large part of the the work, at least in the office world. Um, and so, I don't know, I think that if you're, I don't know, gay or queer, that, I mean, I guess it's, it comes up. Right. Yeah, and I, it's, it's amazing what people do bring up at work, and it's not crossing this boundary of like too much personal, personal information. Like, it's so bizarre what people share and what they don't share, and like, is, is coming out as queer or gay at work, like, too much information, but then like, Cindy over here is like talking about everything, like her kids and her like animals and her pets and like her husband or her, her health. Her like I'm like what? problems. I'm like, well, so I can't be open about my sexuality, but she's talking about all this this stuff, and it's just weird what we what we consider too personal and what we don't. So are you out at work? I'm out of work. Yeah, yeah. How's that working for you? I've kind of like insulated myself with and I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but like every every environment that I've had it was like really important that they be open to my sexual orientation and, and Well because you used to work for the gay agency before right. you are now. Yeah, I mean and that could still be considered a gay a gay friendly agency, but I mean I just have not been in the position where I have had to consider not being out of work. What has been your experience so far, or like, what can you reflect on your kind of work history experience? Um, have you, well, I mean, like, have you always been a gay man in the work? I mean, like, when you've been working, have you always been gay, you know? No, so like in... You were straight? Sorry? You were straight? Uh, so I often, I was never straight. Uh, I guess, because I've had a bunch of different jobs. I'd say the most conservative workplace that I worked in was um, a law firm, which isn't that conservative. Um, but uh, I think it was, there was an expectation of camaraderie between people, but at the same time, your output wasn't just like the work that you did, it was also um, how close you were to clients and how relatable you were to other people. Um, and, and for that, I feel like people just kind of have this, this public face um, that I think is really hard to maintain. I don't really know how you would do that, um, which is one of the reasons why I switched to computer science, because uh, people tend to be uh, more eccentric, <laughs> I guess, and and a little bit more open-minded. But um, one example when I wasn't out was uh, recently in a in like a research job, and the lab was filled with undergrads, and I, I wasn't out to them because I wasn't I didn't want to like be friends with them. Uh, <laughs> fair, fair. Sometimes but, I don't want new friends. Not at work. In and out, baby. Yeah, but then the, um, so, so there's like, I think the, the like motivations for you to like come out, one of them might be camaraderie, but one time that it happened to me when I was like, oh, I can't keep not like interjecting or not like, cause if somebody asks me like, do you have a girlfriend? I'll be like, no, I have a partner or I'll have a, I have a boyfriend, but I usually try not to associate the label with it just because mm. I'm like, well, I don't know what you're thinking. So I'm just going to say what I do as, as opposed to classifying it but um 
uh, so there's the camaraderie motivation. Under, one of the undergrads was uh, from out of the country and said something homophobic. Ooh. And that was like, oh, okay, well, how do I, how do I deal with that? Um, and I just, I didn't see him regularly enough to like get him the next time he said it, but, um, get him. <laughs> get him. I got you. Right? I got you, homophobe. <laughs> well, and I think that, I mean, our community has been very astute at using language in a way to like mask or guide and to deal with some of those like, these like social camaraderie pieces. Um, you know, I mean, historically, right? People talk about having their roommate or you know, they're very good friend or things like that. These are things that our community has had to do for years and yeah, years. My, uh, my uncle had a friend. Right. A, long time. a real long-term friend. Um, when but... I, when I, I was working with like a 50-year-old guy um, on campus at DU and he had two wives previously, but he lived with his roommate. And then one day he was like, it's my boyfriend. I'm going to stop saying roommate. Uh-huh. So like... Whoever, like when you're you were saying you're on dates with people, and they'd be like, "Well, I, I'm not out at work." The longer that continues, then this the more guilt this pro- person probably feels about about leading people on. But is it leading people on to not be out in the workplace? I mean, well, okay, it is, but is it wrong? It depends on how you do it. It depends on how you do it. But it's also like the coworkers could just be like, well, we knew. (laughs) (laughs) Because let's not pretend that people ain't talking and trying to figure it out. Like, I don't, like... These people are bored as hell. (laughs) Oh, exactly. I mean, what else are you going to gossip about? Like, gossip happens in the workplace. What? I mean, I feel like at most places, like, on a standard, and, you know... Not to like, my, not to say that my current workplace is like real gossipy, but I feel like everywhere that I've gone, there's been some degree of like, just sort of conversation. And I think, and some of it, I think for me has revolved around like some gay stuff, like even tips around like, um, this is at an old job that I had, like, uh, I came out to my supervisor and one day we had a conversation, which I can talk about that whole process later, but, um, about, she was like, oh yeah, well this girl who was like my coworker, she was like really religious. So you may, you know, just be cautious about, you know, I don't know what she may say about the LGBT community or what have you. It just kind of gave me like a heads up, like, be, be careful around this one, which I actually really appreciated because I was like, cool, I, that girl doesn't even know my business. But it was also like, it's also clearly a judgment call. It ended up like I, like, it ended up coming up or she made some comment about like, oh, I love Will and Grace or something like that. And I was like, oh. Maybe kind of a green flag, and then oh. she was like, "Oh, I love gays," and I was like, "Oh, cool. I'm not going shopping with you, but cool." <laughs> I no, I, no, I'm, I'm there. Um, you know, I worked for an organization once that was secretly a religious organization. They were registered five hundred one c three, and they were just doing housing. Um, <laughs> it was like low key for Christ. Yeah, like <laughs> the staff meetings began with an opening prayer. No. I would come to work late to avo- to like skip the prayer, but they began waiting on me. <laughs> oh, I would be like, "Oh man, traffic is crazy every." Oh no, I'm running late, and they would just wait. Or is it here now? We can start the prayer, dear Jesus. Um, and I think that's some place where I just there was just no personal information shared um, because I mean, like, because we had not just there because they were religious, but the, you know, there was somebody from like was the Family First Foundation, and we were, they were excited to have him. He was, like, our, in a very senior leadership position, and so I kind of knew what I was dealing with, and so there was just no, you didn't know my favorite food, you didn't know my favorite color, <laughs> you didn't know mm-hmm. um, what I did last night, you only knew my name because legally, you know, you had the file on me or something, you know, <laughs> so 
Um, I'm open to survivalisms, man. Absolutely. I can respect survivalisms that are important. You know, you have to you have a place to, to rest your head at night, you know? Yeah, and then, you know, you definitely don't want your workplace to be torturous. But does it impede the movement that we always choose survival over? Not necessarily, because I'd rather have, like, I don't know, surviving-ass queers than dead ones. Um, not to, like, get real dramatic, but, I mean, you know, the alternative. Um, you know, if if not coming out in your workplace is going to help you to succeed and, like, make money and be able to, you know, do stuff in the world, then do you, girl. Um, I'm not, I mean, I'm not, that's, I think that's the interesting thing about this is it's kind of, I feel like there's don't ask, don't talk, tell, like, parallels to what we're talking about. Ooh. Because it's like, I guess that's what is left over for me is a lot of, like, gays, and it's their decision to decide if they want to be out or not, but how do you assess whether, like, you, it's, it's unsafe for you to be out, or you're just, just, you, you value your career over, how like, do you assess? How, helping all of us, and, 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 like, coming up helps all of us, and, um, like, it, it just, it just bothers me that, like, sometimes career is put ahead, and again, that is their choice, but I really struggle with, like... The only reason why I'm out in the workplace is because I've always worked for environments where there are a lot of, like, openly... Um, gay and queer folks mm-hmm. and sometimes because of the work they were doing like when I worked on the arts like I worked for a film festival like, like on the side like it was you know, a side thing but like we would we had like a LGBTQ film track and so we would pick you know we were really concerned about quality LGBTQ film particularly quality black LGBTQ films well not particularly it was a black film festival but um, we were supposed to about those things and so we were just always trying to make sure that like you know the LGBTQ community knew that we have black queer films in this track and that they should mm-hmm. come because, you know, even though people do not like in this country black culture, black people, or black art in general, um, but, like, the, like, they should support mm-hmm. it because they were gay films. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, right, and, you know, right now we talk about LGBTQ issues are, you know, a part of and reaching that community and having that community be highly engaged with our services is a really important part. And so... I was, that's the, but that's the only reason. I mean, I, I'm out because I worked with like progressive, kind of radical, you could say radical queer folks, whether they're my bosses or my coworkers or colleagues or whatever, and so we would bring those issues up in terms of how we approached our work. Mm-hmm. And so that's the only reason. But I feel like if I didn't have that experience, if I entered the workforce and I didn't have a bunch of queer folks, a bunch of radical, progressive queer folks that were my colleagues and my supervisors and my bosses, and my biggest advocates, you know, in my in the fields that I worked in, then like, maybe I would just believe that you shouldn't talk about, or that you should just by default be closeted, or I don't know. I, I I'm trying to recognize my privilege here, but like I don't have the experience. But, well, but I know that I I wouldn't had I not been entered and worked with like gay and queer folks, I wouldn't be. Well, it speaks to representation, right? And sort of what that, and sort of the power of being out in the workplace and what, you know, so going, when you start a job and being able to identify like, oh, there's other like queer people here who other people talk about them and their relationships or them and their lives, like their very like queer lives or whatever openly. Those are all signs or signals to me that like, oh, clearly I can come out in this space or, you know, feel comfortable to like divulge some things about, you know, this identity of mine or my experience. Um, 
But, I mean, without that, like, you're just kind of, like, shooting in the dark until someone says something, like, oh, my God, girl, I just watched RuPaul's Drag Race. Or, like, <laughs> like and it, it, you know, I hate to, like, joke, like, like to turn it into a joke, but I feel like any time that I've worked for a place that hasn't been, like, a LGBT, like, organization or what have you, because I, because I feel like I've had a lot of the similar experiences, but the times that I've worked at, like, museums or hotels or what have you, I've just sort of, like, listening for keywords, like, or, like, you know, like, topics that I'm like, okay, you're cool, so I might talk about, <laughs> explain a little bit about this to you, but I, I think I still struggle, like, in, I don't know, still feeling like I have some power in that as well, and I think some of that also has to do with my, my more personal, like, struggle around it, too, because I'm, like, a femme girl, so, like, it is clear, like, People are already assuming, like, what my sexual orientation is and what have you, like, from once I walk in the door, because there ain't no hiding, like, a saunter in this voice. There's um, no hiding that here. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it's kind of like, well, how do I take power back in this situation? Because you've already made these assumptions. Um, so I've never had anyone, like, out in the workplace I've come out to be like, oh, really? I was so surprised. And they're like, yeah, well, I figured as much. You actually didn't have to say anything. Um, but, I mean, so that's slightly different. But I think it's related to this, like, how can we come out of the workplace but still feel like... Because, you know, we are losing... We're giving information about ourselves, so it's not necessarily losing something, but how do we still find power in doing that in those situations? You know where, to answer that question, maybe to address it from mm. another angle is... So I work in a place and there's a lot of... A lot of straight women. It's like an army of heterosexual women that wear riding boots and cute cardigans and... Go to pottery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I love the but, um, I want a pair. We have a lot of celebration. We have a lot of uh, baby showers. Oh, yeah. And we have a lot of engagement parties. And before uh, <laughs> the gay marriage, I'm just shaking my head. <laughs> you were so disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because it's just so normative. Or it's just such, like, mm -hmm. bullshit. Uh, hence, the story. <laughs> but before gay marriage became legal, I had this thing where, like, I was... And, you know, it seemed like there was, like, four of them in one year. Like, four engagements or whatever in one year. Um, and, but, like, I had this piece where it was, like... It hit me where it became really insulting to be invited. Because mm. then there were all these straight women, they're having engagement parties, we're getting married parties, and there's this national debate on, like whether, like, two men or, like, the gays should get married or not. And, like, every other week I was celebrating some heterosexual celebration. <laughs> and so I quit going. I refused to go. I also refused to go to baby shower. To ba when they're pregnant. Baby showers. Baby shower? Yeah. Yeah, we, they have that. This. I refused because at the time there were all these national debates. I'm like, whether, whether the gays should have kids, whether the gays should get married, whether the gays should be able to buy bubble gum during the day, you know, it was all these things. And so... Um, when, I, when I talk about, and so I begin to talk about it, like, oh, you didn't come to the to her engagement party, and I was like, it's hard for me to be there because mm -hmm. the national debate going on, you're talking on the TV, somebody's talking about, like, why gay men should get married, and how it's, like, a threat to you all's institutions, so I cannot go to yours because it's just, like, an intellectual debate where either you, I can't be there for all that privilege being thrown in my face. Um, and somebody who, I don't know, I feel like isn't a political queer, it's just, it, it became to be an insult to be invited. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It became to be an insult to be invited. And so when I think, when I think about outness in the work, when I think about yes. those small kind of camaraderie situations like that, you're like, fuck you. Like, I'm not going to go to your fucking shower. And, you know, there's like, 
I don't know how you voted. You know, because I, I, be, I began to be suspicious. Mm. Well, how are you voting with this issue? Are you for or against? Well, it's hard because then you lose out on that connection too. Maybe you don't want to go to the baby shower. I really, I really don't. Oh, well, right. But then you, you there's a lot <coughs> you're losing out on that relationship with the coworker, which might make it easier to like. Yeah. Not feel so close or camaraderie with your your coworkers. And camaraderie means like promotions. It means you know networking, events. Yeah, networking. Yeah. You just wouldn't go home because you're you're bored by them. The baby showers and all. No, that. no. I just it's like. Uh, there's, there's just so much I was trying to trying to like put it together into something. Um, no, it's just it's uh, it yeah like so my brother recently was uh, he and his wife have been trying to get pregnant and um, uh, so it's like a bareback is what you're saying. No, so, I love when they show that information to him. I'm like oh, that's interesting. Oh, trying no. to get pregnant. Can so, I talk about my bareback no, 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 in the workplace? No, no. And I'll talk about oh you both just been hitting it raw everywhere. We're because it's like it's I didn't realize how much it was like all that drove them not just procreation but like getting engaged getting married having a child and then you're like then it's done you've you've accomplished everything you need to in life um, maybe the child will then go on to do the same thing and then you'll be doubly successful but like just the whole don't talk too much shit because you're a result of that process Okay, the whole narrative. Well, I, I'm, I'm actually the result of a process, but that's not the only way that you. Like, it's possible that you could procreate without having a nuclear family. Mind blowing. <laughs> right? Whoa. <laughs> that's level. My parents were young when they had me, it wasn't that nuclear. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it was, it was just, it's just, it's still kind of bewildering to me that this is just like. Everything in their world is. But that's in our. But shit. that's in our community because you know you know the gays love. Netflix. Oh god, we've yeah acquired that totally. Just like the the heteronormative stuff. Oh yeah, the gays yeah. love to. I feel like it could be a whole different podcast. The whole like I know straight people who can't get pregnant or like they need to have kids. I'm just like what? It's it's, it's like where I feel like I don't ha- I don't feel like I have that drive, but and I just I don't know where it is. Even though I don't try to get people pregnant, but like. I don't have that drive to have kids like they do. It's like this obsession. Yeah, you seem very disgusted by people who have children. Cause I remember no, I, our recent kids Cosmo. I don't know how to act when they're like, oh, we can't conceive. I'm like, well, there's other, like, go see a movie. Or like, go, <laughs> go, see, go see a movie. Oh, my God, go see a movie. Like, fucking kids to adopt. And like, and I understand well, it's hard to adopt. But like, I, I cannot, like, I, I don't know. I don't I can't sympathize sometimes with the like, oh, well, we can't have our own kids, you know? And that. I, I know that's a sensitive right. topic, no, but, but, but well, it's related to this topic that we're, that we're, that, like, the professionalism is, and gay right. as fuck, but, because, like, this is something that I often, like, it's, you don't have to deal with straight people as consistently every day right. <laughs> as you do at work. Like, right so, now, <laughs> right now I'm having a great time, because I don't have to, like... Deal with bullshit. But anyway. I wonder what they say about us on their like straight podcast. Where they like, oh, they like come in and talk about dick size. Like, oh, they like, which is fine. I would complain about that like, too. Yeah. I mean, or try to listen in. Well, and I will say, straight people need us. I am. They need is us. Is this a straight podcast? Is the like counter to this podcast? I don't know. But I'll also say, yeah, the ones about sports probably. Oh, okay. well, sports ones. I will also say that the. the Heterosexuals also have a different set of pressure to have children. Yeah, that families put on them like families, friends, etc. Like, 
as soon as a couple gets married, that's like the that's first true. question everyone and no one asked me that damn question. Um and even, you know, and like it never really kinda comes up and Do you feel um, like we have kids to make us seem like we're just like them as an integrationist statement? Sometimes. I mean I mean some people just like having kids. I mean Right, yeah, yeah. I think some people just want kids, uh, for sure. But I do think it, it like it definitely does that I think that could help no, 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 you're right. There's a, there is true because after people have been to been straight people have been together for a while, and I find myself doing it. So many kids having kids. Yeah. You begin to after they together like two years. You're like, so is there a baby? Are you you gaining some weight? You're like, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's just from eating cake. Damn. Well, and it goes. I mean, I honestly feel like there's these social markers in sort of the heterosexual world, right? Like you get this good job, you get this professional ass gig. Then, um, then you find like the you know girl or guy of your dream. You get married. You have kids. And then you you're kind of very happy after you realize that it's done nothing for you. <laughs> okay, I mean, well, then divorce and then by that you get on Grindr looking for. I don't know. But but that same sort of trajectory or sort of game of life, if you will, to like create the metaphor does not exist for us in the same way as it does for them. Um, and so it makes socializing in the workplace really awkward and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes, voice ass is pouring liquid while we do this. <laughs> Should we pause? So what are the what are the pressures for gay men in the workplace? Shopping. <laughs> Shopping? That's the well honestly, that's I feel pressure to be very like chic. And I feel like the coworkers that want to be your like friend. Cause you know, my okay, so my work wife recently um, left and moved took him to job. And so I'm like work single now. I don't have a work spouse. Um, I yeah. thought you didn't. I thought you left work at work and. Well, but I mean, like at work. Separation. But at work, you still have to sort of like you know make it tolerable. Yeah, you have a work. You have a, a, a work buddy, and so my I had a work wife for a while, and then she's learned about yoga and moved to California, and then I got a new work wife, <laughs> um, and then she left me recently, so I have no work, uh, no work spouse, and so like um, you all know what this is, right? Work, your work yeah. spouse. Okay, yeah. Um, I do not. Like your flame dame at work, your like your, like your buddy, like your, your buddy, yeah. The person you go to to make work yeah. doable. The one you gossip with. I think that's totally normal for you to find one friend out of like a group of twenty people. Absolutely, <laughs> that's yeah. just the way it usually works. And it's anyway. important too. It's also how you survive. Exactly. <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a known gay man or whatever, there's a pressure for me to be like, I don't know. I hate this. I hate the f word. I hate the f word. I hate the f word. I always said that like the next bitch that, that used the F word in front of me, I was gonna steal the purse. What's the F word? To be fabulous. Okay. Oh. oh. To be like, like, you know, like gay and trendy yeah. and have like great taste in music and go all the cool things and be, you know, really beautiful and hip and like you know, be this kind of like bastion of like chicness. Uh-huh. Um and I feel like a lot of shit women come to me and they, they're wanting that and I'm all like, oh, listen honey, I'm not I'm like yoga and like book club <laughs> um, and gardening. I'm not like, you know, the person who's going to like go shopping with you and have you find accessories and recommend a good haircut for you. It's not, I'm not that kind of gay. So I feel like what I see is the, the pressure and the expectation for gays in the work with this to be like. What they see on TV. Yeah, yeah, to be, yeah. Or to be Glee or to talk about Glee. Is that show still on? No, but. These guys are always talking about Glee yeah. and I'm like, girl, what are you talking about? I don't know what this is. No, it's like RuPaul's Drag Race now. I'm like, Will and Grace still have Oh, God. Oh, it's Yeah. I thought it was and No, no, it's not Salon, but like, people still like use that as a. It's coming back, though. Uh-huh. Officially. Maybe but... we have a combo between Will and Karen. 
something. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Will and Gracie, what am I? I don't, I, I, I'm not, well, I'm not participating. <laughs> Quit being so straight acting and butch, bitch. Will and Gracie, what am I? Who am I? I know, but I'm not gonna like. You're a combination. I of, mean, I'm more Dharma from Dharma and Greg with the whole other story. So I was watching Star Trek Next Generation last night. Do you see how you just walked past my uh, question? This is why I can't fuck with white men. This is why I cannot fuck with white men. I can't date you because you ignored me. You ignored me. So Captain Picard was he? He received this like artifact from his old professor, and the artifact was like this ceramic thing that was filled with all these different figures. Because this one like alien culture thought that these little figures. You are getting so Tumblr right now. Uh-uh. I don't know. Wait. Wait. What? Anyway. Fandom but, realness. Um, <laughs> no, what I'm saying though is you is that um, they thought that an individual was composed of other individuals. So you're composed Ooh. of all the characters from One Grace. I'm just deflecting your question. Fair. fair. You're trying to deflect it. All the different voices. Cast me, bitch. You only have four voices from a 1990s sitcom inside of you. <laughs> No, I'm not going to play along with the Will and Grace. <laughs> the Will and Grace. What's wrong with our relationship? Because you really refuse to meet me and meet me in place of intimacy. <laughs> of Will and Grace? <laughs> in general, I mean... Um, what's wrong with our relationship? I'm trying to know what's going on here. Okay. So, <laughs> Maurice and Reed are going to go to the other room to have a conversation. Just kidding. They're staying right here. Um, we talk about the workplace. No, um, well, and I guess I think about, so yes, I think there is this expectation for gays to be a certain way, to fulfill certain stereotypes or what have you in the workplace. And I definitely, as like a femme queer boy, have felt that pressure. And, and it sucks. And that's awful. And I definitely want to name that because I'm not all of those things. But I will also say I have used them as tools. Um, to navigate the workplace. Tell me more. Um, and not that I'm talking about where I currently work, but in places that I've worked elsewhere, you know, it's it's been easy to be the the fabulous gay who compliments the big boss, um, the soup the supervisor's supervisor. Um, oh, Melanie, that scarf is amazing. Whereas if I was a heterosexual man and like was trying to compliment her, that would be complicated. I mean, then you call HR, the rest. So like, so I've used those sort of like gay freedoms to like grease the wheels, you know, smooth the situations, um, you know, even like network and what have you. And I've definitely like, it, you know, it, it's it's helped me in a lot of ways to sort of fulfill that role. And at times, and not that I'm being inauthentic, I think, because it's not too far of a of a throw from who I actually am, but I definitely try not to use the power for bad, um, if you will. So how would you say three things um, in terms of, like, for gay queer men succeeding in the workplace? No, no, um, we're good, we're good. What would you... Three tips. Everybody has to think about them. Three tips. Cause I, only because I talked... Only because you just talked about how you utilize the kind of perception or imagery of gay men to your advantage or you try to manipulate it so that it works for you and not against you mm. um, I would say like what are you know two to three I'll, I'll loosen it up a little bit what are two to three things or tips you would give for gay men queer men negotiating and navigating the workplace the, the workplace in order to be gay and professional as fuck and you know successful I think I got it and these were kind of quick thoughts um, so hopefully I can add, like, or co-sign something someone else says, so I sound brilliant, but right now I might just sound like a fool. Um, so I think number one is, like, 
become your, like, do your surveillance, right? Like your reconnaissance on the workspace, like listen to what language people are using, video, visual cues, whatever. But you do that to find your allies or at least those who are going to be like, who are going to be cool with you. So it's not even about coming out. It's about like finding. And I think that's something that our community has done historically. Like our people have done historically. So do that. Apply the same thing in the damn workplace. Um, I think the other piece of that is like finding your little, finding your, your work wife. Or husband. Like I just don't have a work husband. Or husband. However that works. Like finding your buddy that makes it tolerable or that you can confide in some of those things or that you can talk about those kind of things with. If someone like assumes that you're heterosexual in the workplace that you can go and be like, oh my gosh, girl, Barbara asked me if I had a girlfriend again. Like, and you're like, I feel like you need to have that like outlet um, in some way. And, and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be the workplace. It could be your friend that I guess you're texting or Snapchatting as well. So, you know. Snapchatting at work? Really? Um, well, you know, sometimes. Sometimes you just gotta pop into a conference room and give them a little girl help. <laughs> um, but, uh, and I think the last one is that we need to be better to each other in the workplace, and this may be a little too personal. Wait a minute, let's pause and soak that in. We need a moment of spirit in here. As gays, we, specifically, I'm talking to gay men, like other gay and queer men in the workplace, as as one myself, and as someone who's participated in this, like, kind of nastiness, um, there have definitely been times when I've been in the in the workplace, and, you know, there's, I work in public health currently, right? And there's, there's a sprinkling of, like, queers, like, in public health, right? Like, we're not in the majority, but there's, de- we're there. Um, and folks are welcoming and exciting and, and, you know, welcomed and excited to have us there and all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's nice. Um... But it's like any time that someone new is on the floor that we like either assume to be gay or turns out to be gay, it's either like, I honestly kind of feel like it's all of a sudden like, well, I'm in the Wizard of Oz and we're like, are you a good witch or a bad witch? Like, like, <laughs> which is like so unfair, right? And then I'm just kind of like scowling at this person every time they walk by me because I'm trying to like figure out like, are you a good gay or a bad gay? Like, are we going to be friends on this floor? Like, are you going to be cool fourth floor gay or are you going to be awful? Um, and generally folks are, I would assume that folks are generally nice and great and fabulous. Um... But there is also sort of this, like, it also just creates distance, I've found. Like, because there's a few, like, LGBT members on our floor that I don't talk to. Um, who I, we know that we're all, like, clearly, like, we've seen each other on the things and, like, seen each other at the events. But, like, we, we still say, hey, like, I wish we would have, like, a solidarity, like, hey, girl, like, I see you, gay to gay. Like, no, instead it's kind of, sort of like, hmm, keep on walking. Which is... Rude and like a waste of time and energy. So it's and then I've also seen another uglier end of it, and it was mostly kidding. But I was also like, why is this grossly competitive? Like a new gay got hired, and then he was like, Oh no, I hate when a new gay. Gets, it's such a thing. Oh my god, it's totally. It's like a new. Th- it's like a thing, and then everyone like. And then, you know, like, the girls in the workplace are torn between if, whether or not they like the new gay or the <laughs> old gay. And then the old gay feels away about the new gay because he's taking all his friends. But he's like, wait. And, so, and I'm just like, why is this a thing? And like I said, I've participated in this as well. So I'm, you know, throwing stones at myself as well. But it's, so it's something I'm working on. But I think that's something we need to, in general, do better at. It's just sort of like treating each other better in the workplace. Give each other like a, some salutations when you're walking down the hallway. We're both gays working at this place. We both survive this heterosexual like world every day in these offices, in these cubicles, filing the same files we do every other day. So can
Can we at least say hey? Hello? Let's take a moment. Sorry. Um, That's my, those are my three tips. Because <laughs> clearly being gay and professional and fuck for Mo is a battlefield. And so he has put out a call to our a call for action into our community that as we are being gay and professional as fuck, that we have some camaraderie, some solidarity so that we can exist and thrive and be happy as individuals, but we need a collective movement. Yes. In order for us to succeed. And can I say that it already exists? Because this is something that people of color do with each other all the time. We're like, we'll acknowledge each other in the hallways. We'll say, hey, we don't know each other. I don't know their names. Like, we don't know. But just at least give each other like a head nod. A, yeah. I see you. And, and to the gays, listen, you ain't gonna like the person. Right, exactly. You don't. You're, you're, we don't. We don't. It's not even like we ain't even. I'm not gonna go into. I may think you're disgusting and a horrible person. But right. I know that you are walking the same you may be walking better than me or, or worse. Oh, uh, but we're on the same road. Right. So, you know, I said, I see you. Just give me a hair, give me like a hair flip or like a... A hair flip. I'm kidding. I'll give you a hair flip. You can give me like a, I don't know, just like a head nod or like whatever feels good for you in the moment. I'll I hair have flip a moment like, there was somebody on my phone who, I don't know what department he works in, but like somewhere on the floor. Um, and um, for a while, they're trying to get the like... I see you, you yes. see me, we see we, <laughs> you know, they, we see and we were, um, I think in the cafe getting like coffee or whatever, and we had the like silent, uh, and he, you know, yeah. like he's a white gay, so you know, he's, he, he, he wasn't people color thing, he was, he, we, had, we had the like gay like, uh, I see, you see me, we see we. I love it! So now I'm like at peace with, like I feel right? like supported. And we've never really had a conversation, but I don't need that. I just need to know that, like, hey girl, yeah, hey girl, hey, right? <laughs> See, and lesbians do that with me in the workplace all the time. Lesbians are queer women are so much better at this than the that, and maybe it's because there's also they're like, oh, this femmy little boy may need <laughs> may need me to protect him at some point, which I'll take it. I'll take it. Say hello. We'll be friends. Talk about my hair with me. Oh, let's do it. But like. But, you know, these gay boys out here in these hallways are so rude and cold. These gay boys out here. <laughs> that is the name of the podcast. <laughs> in the hallway. It's kind of like, it was reminding me of the bar, though. I haven't experienced this. Take us there. Take us there. And just like, I, like how we carry that over to workplace environments. And yeah, it's, it's all, I, haven't, I haven't experienced it that much, but what you're talking about just... That's what I experience in the bars a lot. So what? So what? Two or three tips would you give? I'm gonna steal one of your tips, which is like, well, it's kind of what you were talking about before. It's just that I look at sometimes as these these situations where straight people may never have a, they never come across gay people in other areas of their life, and so like if they're doing all this stuff like inviting you to forty baby showers a week, like to have that conversation about like what it's like for uh, a queer person or a gay person or a lesbian to like. Get, be invited to all these events, and you're, you're not gonna. If you have like a, a relationship with that person, just use that as an opportunity to, like, talk about it. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, absolutely. So I try to do that a lot, like just, but not with like people that I am just acquaintances with, but like my work friends or more than acquaintances. It's just like talk about how like the, this environment is like really straight, and they usually are really receptive to it. But I think it helps us all. Two. Okay. That's my one. I don't have two other ones. I think that's good. That's a good one. No, it's uh, good. Read or Thank God there are folks like you will do that education yeah. work. Sorry. Man, mine was actually, it's very similar to yours. Um, just that 
Uh, so I was reading reading an article in Eon, I think, or A E O N, oh. um, but it was about uh, communes and why they fail, or what 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 communes are trying to like their intention is to create a, like a counterculture, or or some sort of culture that's alternative to the one that the people grew up in, mm-hmm. um, but they ultimately fail, and it was kind of like, well, what's the best route for these people to take if they actually want to both live outside of the mainstream um, and be engaged in the mainstream, and they're their thing was basically to um, kind of they they described it as a shadow culture. So live in, like live your life, but um, also try to somehow proactively, uh, like, change the culture that's mainstream or that currently exists. Mm-hmm. So like I guess in going off of Matt's kind of like the straight people that you deal with are probably not going like as people get older they have they make fewer friends so it's very unlikely that they're going to continue to make gay friends as they get older so if you don't got them now he ain't gonna get them <laughs> yeah so is, what, is what we're saying but, so i'll be like this forever <laughs> i just have you all fuck no i'm kidding i love all of my friends um no it's just it gets this is voice of the last podcast you're no longer all right <laughs> um <laughs> The idea is that you're no longer yeah. in college. You're not making friends all the time. Um, you're no longer in situations where you're just thrown in with a bunch of people to have a shared experience. Anyway, um, the only it's just like work. Yeah, yeah. outside of work, experience like... you're having is work. So you might as well try to do what you can to to change that change it a little bit. Yeah. Mm, I like that. Look at us being all like positive. <laughs> be the change. Well, then here comes Obama. Oh, hope. God. Um, what is it? What is it? Um, I don't know. Are you very optimistic about me trying to make fine moments for change? Um, I don't know. I guess kind of like old movement stuff when we talked about like politic, like the politics of coming out. I don't know. I'm a big supporter of always, I don't know, consider your roof. Mm. So like there's no point in like going to work and um, following this kind of North American GLBTQ uh, narrative that once you are out, everybody everybody will love you and life will get better. Mm-hmm. That is not true. True. So, I mean, I would say take care of yourself, whatever that means. Whether that is, you know, kind of going into work and, you know, keeping the business of the day the business of the day, um, or if it is finding moments for, you know, change. Um, so I would say take care, take care of yourself, whatever that means. One, um, two... To piggyback on Reed's piece, I guess like maybe challenge a narrative of what, in spaces where you can, um, challenge yourself to challenge a narrative of gayness or queerness. Um, I had a really pivotal moment <laughs> with a coworker. I um, was talking about like gay stuff one day, and I was like, you know, this, these. I was just talking about like my place in the current culture, and I was like, you know, honey, pride is not a place where I feel like proud, proud <laughs> or free. You know what I mean? It's not because of internalized homophobia, right? Um, it's just that, you know, like, gay popular culture is not a space that includes me. Me as a whole person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so gay pride is like gay pop culture to like the orthodoxy. Um, and so I don't know, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel like embraced. I don't feel like, you know, finally I'm home. Um, and for her as a non-gay person, the straight white woman is, you know, uh, the flame dame that she definitely is, um, she had a moment, kind of a breakdown moment, but I was like, not all, it's not working for all of us. Um, 
and so like that was a moment. I guess to Matt's point, you know, we can kind of help open the conversation up mm -hmm. a little bit and just make people. I don't know. I just I always want to realize that people like make people realize like gay is more than what you see on TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Three is like I don't know. Be yourself because I feel like what has helped me survive and thrive is other queer folks in the workplace who were themselves, who, who, are, who are people that I could just kind of like be myself with and be free. We didn't always get along mm -hmm. we, completely. We didn't always have the same values, we didn't have the same beliefs, we didn't have the same lifestyle, but they made it easier for me to feel like, oh, I can be, or like they gave out the like signals, or they were the folks who other coworkers asked, like, oh, how's your partner doing, or how's the baby, or mm -hmm. oh, you guys were the house, or whatever it is, to where I felt like, oh, this person is out, and open, like, okay, I don't have to, like, I can drop some of my attention a little bit, you know, that I'm sick, so I don't know, like, be, be free, be yourself, be recognizable, because it's important for the movement, for the community, that we can see each other, um, and that we know that, like, you know, when we see other queer folks, that it's not a battlefield, that it can be a place of, you know, um, uh, it can be a holy space to encounter right. a queer person and not a battleground. Oh, yeah. That's what I say. And even, like, low-key ways to, like, let them know, like... Maybe just like a quick hello. Maybe we look back to our history using little comments. Yeah, I think this that's very crazy. <laughs> I mean, but unfortunately, sometimes workplaces require us to like take that degree of like, well, this is not a safe place for me to be. But how do I let you know Matt down the hall know that we're but like, you know, like girl, I'm here too. Yeah, but like Beyonce poster up in your cubicle, or you know. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Excellent. Well, Beyonce is always a great way to end a podcast. <laughs> um, so, at the ending, and because we think Beyonce, we're going to be as sex positive um, and as thorough um, and casual as she is in all her presentations. Um, we have three questions that we use to close the podcast. Um, it is something I think I saw, and I, I need to figure out where I saw this first. It could have been, um, oh, it, it could have been on Adam, it could have been on Grinder, it could have been on Tumblr, I don't know. But somebody asked three questions. It was like, what are you reading? What do you love? And what makes you come? Um, and so I want to ask that to you know, the podcast. It's what are you reading? What do you love? What makes you come? You can interpret that however you want to. Um, and for me, I'll answer first. Um, what am I reading? I am a, apparently a small business owner. Yes. Um, and so I'm trying to figure out like how to be a small business owner um, and really I'm reading everything I'm trying to figure out like how to when people go to my site without just liking things or following it and actually buying shit I'm trying to figure out how to make people go to the stores and actually buy the product that's, that I put in the stores um, so when I'm reading I'm trying to figure out I'm post tweaking it and trying to figure out how to be a small business owner because I didn't realize that I wasn't until I started getting mail that was like, hey, business owner. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's me. Um, what do I love? Um, I, I love me. I mean, I don't know. I think I'm fab. Yay. Um, I can say fabulous to myself. Straight hoes cannot. <laughs> Back up. I will say yes. it. I don't know. I did dig me. I don't know. I was thinking a lot about like being single and gay and like 86 years old as I am. Um, 86. <laughs> Every podcast he's got like a decade older. Well, because that's how it feels. No, but like negotiating men and lately I, you know, just negotiating men in conversations about like who you are, what you're into. And I'm like, um, 
usually at the end of saying no, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> because I like me. You're like, I'm not compromising me. So I think I dig me and I like, I don't know, um, the time I spend with myself and I like the world that I created for myself. I seem to figure out how to be richer. <laughs> you and me both. At it. Um, but I don't know, I dig me. And I, at the end of the, when I wake up, I wake up next to me, with me. Um, and at night I go to sleep with me. And um, that's an important relationship. And I cannot imagine ever being the kind of man who did not want to be himself or did not want to be with himself. So I love me. What makes me come? Um, I recently learned that my sexuality is very expansive. <laughs> <laughs> and I like a lot of things. And um, Like what? I can't learn like what? What's new? <laughs> What's new? I mean, <laughs> What's new that you got? I heard. Um, is that appropriate? Yes. A scissoring. <laughs> Booty scissoring. Whoa. See, you say it like that and I feel disgusted. Oh. What's Why? the, like, not gross way Well, because you're rubbing more than just that area. You're rubbing a lot of things together. Yeah, crotch rubbing? Yeah, all of it. Well, no, what do you call it? Side to thigh. <laughs> Side to thigh. A lot. Um, I'll say this. Um, I... Really dig non-penetrative sex. Ooh. Don't get me wrong. I um, people will hear this. Um, I dig penetration a lot. I mean, you know, whatever. I like the full sex, but um, I think there's a lot of options and windows, and you know, there's sometimes like the true, road true, true. to getting there. Sometimes I like those. Those, you know. Yeah. The road less traveled. That could be a whole podcast. It really could I be. I like the road less traveled sexually. Yeah. That's yes. what I'm into. Hell yeah. Cool, someone go next. Okay. Okay. Mine's going to be sucky. Um, so the first one is what am I reading? What are you yeah. reading? What do you love? What makes you come? Um, so I'm reading a... I was just reading an article on... Dragon um, for Dummies? Nope. Um, <laughs> I'm on spring break, so I'm being productive. Woo, uh, spring break! Uh, so I'm being productive. I'm being productive. And, so I was reading... Uh, like he so- just helicoptered his sovereignty shirt. Sovereignty and space colonization. <laughs> With sovereignty and space clothes. So, like, what's the best way Ooh. to to um, allow for people to independently do what they want if they, like, go to Mars or something? Um, so what's the, like, what are mistakes that we've previously... Like, this isn't what it was really about. It was about just, like, here are the existing laws. Here's something that might work for, like, space colonization. Um, allowing people to have, like, some, like, consent, being able to, to provide consent over, like, what they do. Outside. In on Mars. Yeah, but it, it basically is just an extension of like like uh, uh, thinking about mistakes that we've made while we were like <laughs> like just I don't know, it's a lot, um, but uh, like just problems with with uh, Western civilization and that's development. My motivation for reading, it. yeah, yeah, um, government and and its benefits and disadvantages. So um, what do you like? Um, uh, I'm gonna actually go with uh, the same thing as you. I've, I've, I'm happy that I've been able to, kind of, um, like uh, appreciate myself more and have, and I, and that's like, it's, it's kind of sounds like a platitude, but it like is more expansive into like having more confidence and and confidence in myself and learning. And I'm just happy that um, I have just basically. I feel much more comfortable in myself and I think that that also extends to like relationships where I'm no longer trying to like uh, uh, 
define, not I wouldn't say define myself by other people, but similar in that, in a, in a way similar to that. Like I'm just much happier just as myself. And I don't really know how I got to that point, <laughs> but um, that's a nice feeling. Uh, oh, what's making me come is uh, uncircumcised penises. <laughs> <laughs> Medically accurate. Yeah, they're great. So we should. Uh, What's great about them? Or intact penises. Sorry. Intact. I, I kind of want. So I want an go. uncircumcised penis. <laughs> For yourself. Yeah. You could regrow it. Yeah. There's a device. I know. I've, I've, we already had this conversation. And they're looking into stem cell research on another episode. On another episode. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, yeah, but this uh, cool. circumcising like people's, or, I guess, boys. <laughs> people with it's, penises. People with penises is. Something that uh, I think people should think. Are you now anti uh, altered penises? Genetically uh, modified penises, like I'm, I, I'm, I'm against uh, genetically modifying other penises, but like if somebody has a circumcised penis, that's fine. I thought about that. You could genetically modify a penis. That's nice. Well, I guess that was a well, genetic. <laughs> that's like <laughs> that's that level. is not genetically modification. It's right. Like, it's a cosmetic modification. But what if you could? Um, what if you could? Yeah, do all Ooh, sorts we of weird stuff. Yeah, you could make a penis a thing. Anyways, <laughs> a penis is definitely a thing. Well, yeah, but well, I, I'm learning. There's a lot more things you can do with them. Um, so I'll answer briefly, because oh, um, it's going to suck. Um, I need reading recommendations. I like sci-fi and social justice shit, so there's that. Um, what am I loving? Um, I'm loving being 30, because um, I'm officially 30. That happened between the last podcast and this one. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, my body's kind of giving up on me, but I'm also taking care of myself in new ways. Drink, I bought, like, an alkaline water pitcher, which is, like, doing great. I'm only drinking nice champagne. Um... <laughs> And um, other things. So yeah. So actually, I'm really I'm I'm liking and loving aging. Uh, my body is is feeling great. I mean, minus the internal part. Um, <laughs> so yeah. There's that. Um, and what's making me come? Um, I'm gonna go more figurative with this. Um, ooh no, maybe not. Um, I don't know what's making me come right uh, now. Uh, are you coming? Yeah. Yeah. No, I am. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to go with that. I am coming and it is good. Um, I don't know what's making it happen. How would you say Patrick's day? It was fine. It was um, a lucky, lucky day, awesome. evening, um, moment. Yes. Okay. All right. We'll leave it there. Uh, what am I reading? I, I have a hard time reading fiction usually, so I'm reading this book because at work um, I'm going to be in charge of a meeting, like a meeting group, so I'm reading the book Death by Meeting. Ooh, so I sit through one ooh. more goddamn meeting that like doesn't need to be a meeting, and I know that it's like, I, I just, you know, Recommendation like, taken, because yeah, I had a yeah, shit ton of meetings. I wrote that down because it was like, ooh. It's really like, you know, yeah, you, you didn't think that someone could like talk so much about meetings, but it really like talks about how you can make meetings better, um, so it's kind of, it's kind of obvious but it's really great um so that's what i'm reading <clears throat> i'm also watching since that's short i'm watching <gasps> i should have went that route god damn it moises big little lies no there's only seven episodes with reese witherspoon it's on hbo oh i heard oh, about it though my fucking god i love it the last episode's on tomorrow night um Ooh. it's it's wonderful uh what's the second question 
What do you love? Oh, what do I love? I love choreographed dance. I've been obsessed <gasps> with that. I have no idea. I've been obsessed with that the opening scene from La La Land, that song. Oh, Another Day of Sun. Um, did you talk, are you talking about La La Land after what they did to Moonlight? I know, but I, I liked it before that whole thing happened. But like the whole scene of them on the freeway and like dancing, and I've liked that ever since Britney and, and like everyone in the 90s did like choreographed dancing. Like anything where you can get people out and they're all doing the like same I do thing like and like snapping and they're all in unison. It's like it oh, is well, magical. It makes me feel good about yeah, good about people, and I've been obsessed with that. More flash mobs. Let's bring back flash mobs. I did not know that about you at all. Oh, I, love really... it. I love a good choreo <gasps> dance. So you can kind of dancing is really great. <gasps> um, okay, so what you guys can't see is Matt is wearing a Britney Spears. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now. Richie pointed to it when he referenced to Britney, which <laughs> I love. That question was coming up. Um, yeah. What I'm coming to, have you guys seen this, like, impregnation, these porn <laughs> videos about, like, fake being pregnant with guys, so like it's just called impreg or impregnation. Where <laughs> a guy, I need to rewind and give me some more explanation. A guy like has like a belly. It's not like oh wide. But no, but yeah, like, like a, a pregnant, pregnant belly. Yeah, man. And there's these like there are these videos and and it's like a whole thing. It's like a whole fetish of where you like kind of pretending that you're you're getting you're pregnant. But you don't obviously you're not pregnant. But like it's just the, like. Are stomach. you saying are you saying like you bareback?ing no, 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 it has nothing to do with, like, it has to do with, like, the shape and the look. Of so it's, like, the fantasy of, yes. like, there's actually, like, no sexual... Is that code for saying you're in a bear porn? Well, it's no. A bear no, it's, like... No, because it's pregnancy fantasy porn. Yeah, there's this, like, I think it's, like, called Film 911. Interesting. Which, has, which is a weird name for it. But, like, it's all about, like, gaming and feeding and, and pregnancy. And I think the whole wait, gaming wait. and feeding, like, feederism and... Oh. Yeah. So, I don't know this because our brand... <laughs> no, it's curious. It's hugely popular, and I think that there are really it, there was like that tickling movie that that guy did. There's a documentary about tickling, but they they're also like doing the oh, the whole double the tickler thing. ones. And it's it's, it's like it, there's something about it that's really hot. It's not about like babies and kids, obviously, but it's like it's it's like the shape a guy just gaining weight or like having this like shape to him. And I never thought I'd be into it. But definitely come to it lately. Look at that. Yeah. No, it's fascinating, the stuff that's out there. Well, I've definitely talked to lots of gay men who have had, like, fantasies around, like, pregnancy or what have you. Um, I think it's real. <laughs> I mean, clearly it's real, but I'm mean, I, I am learning a lot about the universe right now. You've heard of, like, feet, like, gaining, right? Like, gaining fetishes? No, where, like, people, like, eat to gain weight, and, and, then, and then, they, like, then they have partners who just, like, worship them, really. They learn yeah. into it. Yeah. It's kind of like that, except it looks like you're pregnant. But it has nothing to do with ba babies or bears. No, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, this has been another episode of Post Twink. If you want to find us, find the podcast. We are available on SoundCloud under the name Post Twink, as well as iTunes, mm -hmm. or iTunes podcast, you know, that thing. But oh, yeah. I only speak Apple. <laughs> um, we're available as Post Twink, Tumblr, Instagram, all the spaces and places, all the internet. So Post Twink, two T's, we are here. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for coming, Matt and Reed. Thanks. Bye.